Hello, I'm Siobhan Queen B. And I am Bishop Talbert. Thank you for joining us here at Moment of Truth. Last time we were with you, we were um, we left off reviewing our book, Moment of Truth. We want to start out, um, start where we left off last time. In the, um, in the second chapter, once Mary arrived in Opelika, Alabama, after dealing with the issues with her mom and um, out there being just out in the street, just prostituting and doing unhealthy things. Well, she went to Opelika and she thought that it would be a good getaway, that she would be able to you know, escape the problems of her past, but she really did not know what she was getting herself into. So yeah, we'll we'll start off here in the second chapter. Do you mind showing me where the laundry room is, Bradley? Asked Mary. Follow me, it's right around the hall to the left. Mary had Mary was very happy because she had not been able to wash clothes in almost a month because she'd, she had been living in her car and sleeping on her friend's sofa. After taking a long hot bath and putting on clean clothes, Mary went out to her car and rolled up another blunt while smoking her marijuana Mary started thinking about her grandmother and how they would get up early on Sunday mornings and sing on their way to church and also how her grandmother was would say when everything was going crazy just pray and trust Jesus right before her grandmother passed when Mary was only 10 her grandmother told her to pray whenever she did not know what to do next. So sitting there in the car, Mary closed her eyes and started talking to Jesus about needing directions to go and what people to watch out for. Then suddenly there was a knock on the window. Hey, what you doing? Said Uncle Pete. Nothing much, Uncle. Just sitting here in my car thinking. Is is that weed I smell in your ashtray? Yeah, but I only smoke it sometimes. Replied Mary. Well, you know you don't have to smoke outside. Come on in. You can smoke in the den like I do. I had no idea that you smoked, Uncle Pete said Mary with a smile. Girl, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. In fact, your dad used to sneak and get high before church when we were young. If I remember correctly, I was 11 or 12, and your dad was just a few years older. I believe he was 15 or so. 
Mary locked up her car and followed Uncle Pete inside the house. And she noticed the stale odor lingering in the house once again. She said nothing. She just ignored it as her and Uncle Pete went into the den. Fire that Mary Jane up, niece, said Uncle Pete. Mary couldn't help but laugh because she had only heard the word Mary Jane a few times. And Uncle Pete had a really country southern accent. So Mary did as Uncle Pete requested. She pulled out the cigar filled with marijuana and put it up to her mouth. But as soon as she lit it, her little cousin Tamika walked in. Dad, I'm hungry. Bradley, get your ass down here and fix your sister a sandwich, boy. Uncle Pete said angrily. Mary didn't feel comfortable smoking in the house with the children, only in the next room. But Uncle Pete assured her they wouldn't notice a thing. So sitting there inside of the den, Uncle Pete and Mary finished smoking the rest of the blunt Mary had previously rolled while sitting in her car. I want to smoke another one. What about you? Asked Uncle Pete. Sure, Mary replied. Good. I'm going to go roll one up in my room. I'll be right back. Why don't you turn on the radio and find us some good tunes to listen to? Said Uncle Pete as he went upstairs. Mary started flipping channels on the radio until she came across a familiar voice. It was Moment of Truth on the Christian Talk radio station. It was the weekly radio show that her and her grandmother would listen to, and she had not heard it in a while. So she turned up the sound. She wanted to hear where where the subject of the day was. What does God want for you and your life? Screamed the voice on the radio. Mary was enjoying the radio station when Uncle Pete came into the room. What are you listening to? Said, said Uncle Pete. Just Bishop Talbert talk show. Well, that sounds boring. Check out this jazz station I like, said Uncle Pete while changing the station. He sat down on the couch next to Mary, and they both began to nod their head, enjoying the music that was playing in the background. Look what I got. It's called a white boy, said Uncle Pete. Why do you call it a white boy, replied Mary. It's the old school way of smoking weed. We didn't use no cigars back in the day. All we had was rolling papers. And they're white. So therefore, we called it a white boy. Can I borrow your lighter, asked Uncle Pete? Sure. Here you go, Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete took the lighter and lit the freshly rolled joint and took the first few puffs and passed it to Mary. Mary was used to smoking certain strands of weed called Kush. It was a high-grade weed, and it had a fruity odor, but this was different. And she asked him, Why does it smell like this? 
Uncle Pete explained to Mary that it was a very low-grade weed, and that's why it did not smell like anything Mary had smoked in the past. So Mary puffed it anyway. She immediately felt strange and different. Then all of a sudden, she forgot all her worries and the troubles that had been on her mind for the last few months. It was a sense of euphoria. Mary liked the feeling that Uncle Pete's weed had gave her. So they finished smoking the joint, and Mary went and got in her bed and went to sleep. The next morning when she got up and showered, still feeling great from last night, she decided to look for a job. So Mary got in her car, and she noticed the sign that said, Queen Bee Farms Plaza. I bet they're hiring, said Mary, as she got out of her car and headed inside. Mary knew that to get a job, she would have to pass a drug test. So that morning before she left home, she had her little cousin Tamika pee in a used water bottle so no one would expect that Mary smokes marijuana. So after applying for the job a few weeks later, she got a phone call telling her that she had gotten the job. Hello, may I speak with Mary? Yes, this is she. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking to? This is Charlie, manager of Queen Bee Farms Grocery that you applied to recently? Yes, I remember meeting you. I hope you have good news for me because it's been a long time since I had any good news, said Mary. Yes, I'm calling you to inform you that you passed the drug test and the job is yours if you're still interested. Yes, of course. Well, that's good. How does Monday at 9 a.m. sound? That sounds great. Okay, meet me in the bakery at the back of the store. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. As she hung up the phone. Mary was very excited, ran into the living room to tell Brad and Tamika the good news she had gotten. That's great. Will you take us to buy ice cream, said Bradley and Tamika together? I sure will, but now, why don't you turn the radio on and let's dance, replied Mary. Bradley turned on the radio to the hip-hop station, and they all danced and laughed. This was the first time in over a year that Mary had something to smile about, and she thought to herself that her luck has finally changed, and maybe, just maybe, Things will be great from here on out. They all heard Uncle Uncle Pete's pickup truck pull up in the yard, so they turned off the radio, and the kids went back upstairs to their bedrooms. Mary went and opened the front door and could not wait to tell Uncle Pete the good news. As Uncle Pete walked in the in the front door, Mary gave him a big hug and told him that she wasn't going to be living here too much longer because she had gotten a new job starting next week. Wow, that's wonderful, said Uncle Pete. 
But in, the, but in Uncle Pete's mind, he was upset because Mary would be leaving him alone with all those kids, just like his ex-wife did three years prior. This is cause for a celebration. Do you drink liquor? Hell yeah, I do. So Uncle Pete went in his stash and grabbed a bottle of gin. He grabbed two cups and filled them both with ice and filled the glasses to the rim with that gin. Shall we make a toast, said Uncle Pete? Yes, to new beginnings and having a loving family who supports one, of no one another, Mary responded. Uncle Pete put out a freshly rolled joint that he had gotten ready on his way home from work. He gave it to Mary and asked her to light it up. So Mary did as Uncle Pete had asked her, but as soon as she lit it, she smelled the strange odor once again, and she ignored it and puffed anyway. Now Mary was feeling really good and loose after they both drank about three cups of that gin and smoked two joints. Mary went in the restroom and looked at herself in the mirror and smiled. Then she started singing out loud. On her way walking down the hall back to the den where Uncle Pete was still celebrating, she noticed that stale smell in the hall. It was getting stronger with each step she took. Uncle Pete was smoking what looked like a glass bong the same kind Mary used to smoke with her friends back in Atlanta. Can I have a hit, Unc? This is a lot stronger than those joints we smoked before. But okay, if you like. So, so Uncle Pete, he passed it to her. She had no idea what was about to happen and how her life was about to change forever. She held the glass pipe with her left hand while she reached for the lighter with her right. She had to flick the lighter a couple times as if it was a sign that she should not be smoking that pipe with Uncle Pete. Eventually, it stayed lit and it seemed as if the flame came roaring out of the lighter and she felt the heat on her forehead. But Mary proceeded anyway because of how drunk she was. She figured that it was the same as the weed that the two had been smoking. So she took a deep puff and she started coughing instantly and gasping for air. Slow down, girl. You can't play with this, said Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete, why not? It's just weed, replied Mary. No, nah, girl, this that crack cocaine. <laughs> huh? Said Mary with a confused look on her face. Well, you you know what I mean. Like them designer drugs y'all kids be taking nowadays. You know that Molly Percocet? It don't feel bad. I kind of like it. I knew you would. Do you want to smoke these last two rocks with me tonight? <laughs> Hold on, let's... 
That's it. Right you there. know what? Wow. <laughs> We're gonna stop right there with that. Yeah, I don't I don't wanna mess with the seriousness of the situation. Yeah, it's really a serious situation. Um yeah. Wow. I haven't read um, that in a while. Yeah. It was kinda it was kind of um kinda shocking. That was shocking. We wrote that. Yes, yeah, this is all original. We we wrote it with my wife, she was pregnant. It was kinda Really pregnant with Carmen. Yes. Yeah, like <laughs> days away from delivery. Yeah. Yes. We got the book. It was, what, published, right? Yeah, yeah. Right before her birth, like exactly a couple days before her birth. Yeah, so, that's a that's a big accomplishment. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people, especially, you know, people that I went to school with and used to work with, used to say, I want to write a book and publish it. And, you know, and I, it, it had always been on my mind, but I never really had the, the ability to put it all together, you know, until my wife and I, we decided to, to just go for it. Yeah, it was, it was no small feat. It was, you know, a lot of work and effort, long days of writing. It was fun, too. Yes, yes, yes. It was, you know, it's like, it was a lot of compromise because I wanted it to go one way and, you know, she would reel me back in and say, no, that's that's too extreme. <laughs> so when y'all read this book, just think, if I would have got my way, it would have been a lot, <laughs> a lot more, you know, Extreme behavior. So this is kind of mild. It's like a mix of both of us. Um, we kind of, because sometimes I, I wanted to go way far out. Sometimes he wanted to go way far out. So we kind of brought it back together and make sure the story was streamlined and, you know, pretty much to the point. But you got to read the whole book to know what the point is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is. This is definitely a book that you have to read from start to finish. I mean, even right now, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of you know, might be some people listening that have dealt with prostitution. It's not, you know, it's not such a far out thing that, you know, a lot of people don't don't deal with, you know, from, from men paying for sex to women that's getting paid for it but when you read the book it kind of you know shines a light on the entire situation and if you have never dealt with it it'll bring it to the forefront where you can actually be a part of it but you don't have to deal with the repercussions or the consequences yeah, you don't have to endure through it but you can get an idea of what someone is going through when they um are being misused and that's that's really a serious matter and to have a perspective of that will really help you grow yes that's why the book is called misguided mary and um yeah we're gonna you know we're gonna keep it up we're gonna keep reading it you know in the hopes you all check it out you can go on our website 
um, Talbot 99 District or QueenBee.Weebly.com to purchase the book. You know, it is available. But, um, but yeah, I want to pick up where we left off last time. We were talking about the election and, um, you know, it's, it's just, just some things that went on. We were kind of mentioned last time that, um, you know, we were running for District 99 state representative. You know, yeah. although we were not um, victorious, you know, that does not mean we weren't successful. You know, we we met a lot of good people, a lot of good groups. Mm -hmm. and But on the other hand, we met a lot of phony people and a lot mm -hmm. of phony groups. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people that were, you know, that wanted to cheer in the background. But when it came down to it, they wanted to remain anonymous, and, you know, I don't like operating like that. No, nah, it was a lot of people that wanted to uh, just work in secret and just, you know, pretty much just prey on our demise, and they made it really clear, and, you know, some sooner, some later, but, in the, you know, in the end, it was clear, you know, what side you were on or pretending to be on, um, you know, we would go to the, like, group meetings and meet people, and then they'll say, well, I want to help out, but then they just know where to be found. You call them, they don't answer, nothing, they don't call you back. Yeah, and, you know, like the... I'm going to say it, like the biggest group that was, you know, kind of misleading or basically lying was the um, minority GOP, the minority Republicans, you know, because my whole thing was it's not, it's not many black Republicans. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, period, you know, it's, it's frowned upon by African Americans and you know, you will get shamed for even, you know, expressing thoughts of something different. So, yeah, you know, I thought the group would accept us with open arms. But, you know, in reality, it was like, you know, they wanted us to, like, build their brand up. But mm -hmm. in reality, it was like, my thinking was going into the situation that it was going to be a collective effort in making this a success and winning this campaign. But like I said, those minority GOP, you know, they, um, they're hard to contact. You know, I've spoken with them a couple of times on the phone, but, you know, it was kind of, hey, mm. I'm going to leave, you know, I see you. I see everything you're doing, but I'm not going to. You know, I'm 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 not going to say anything publicly that, you know, attaches me to you. Because mm -hmm. I I spoke with the um um a couple people within the minority GOP. Um, you know, I I contact them, just sent them simple messages repeatedly. I mean, because they are the minority GOP for this area, so I continuously contacted them and it was to no resolve. They actually didn't even answer me or they would send a message back, but then 
It's like, I need a telephone number so I can call you so we can set something up. And then I also would send them posts for them to post it on their page or maybe uh, their personal page, friend pages. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't even, um, I, I, I didn't even ask her for money. I just asked them for social exposure, for media exposure. But then when the um, race was over, I had, they, they like asked me, then they wanted to start talking to me. And, um, yeah, they want to wait until the race over yeah. and send me friend requests on, you know, on Facebook and Instagram okay. and all that. Okay. You know, it's like, what's the point? Like, you, like, first off, I'm from Cleveland, so I know, I know when somebody's trying to finesse you and I know when somebody's not being real. You know, that's something I've experienced my entire life, you know, so. Mm -hmm. I know it firsthand, so don't try to get me like that because I see, you know, it's it's clear as day. You know, I'd rather you just stay away and don't answer none of my calls yeah. if it's going to be, you know, if that's going to be your, your stance. Because they, they literally went, the minority GOP literally went ghost until after the race, and then they want to ask, well, how was it? Don't ask me how was it when you could have been a part of it while I was asking you to. It's not that they came to seek us. We went and seek them because you would think they would do the right thing because they are the minority GOP and would take a foot forward, but they were one of the groups that were actually lacking completely. Yeah, yeah, big time. They, you know, they got their own hidden agendas, and you know, you just see on their page, and they'll post, they'll post some, some national news or something, you know, something Donald Trump say or something that um, oh, that the national media has yeah. picked up on, but something right here in your background, <laughs> something in your backyard, you know what I mean, right here, because they the minority GOP for. Mobile County and Baldwin County, which we're located right here in Mobile County, but they would ignore us completely. Yeah, and even the GOP for Alabama, just like the regular GOP with Terry Lathan, is that her name? Yes, yeah, that's 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 the, um, I know she's the top dog with the GOP here in Alabama. Yes, I contacted her repeatedly, and she... Um, pretty much says she has more important things to do. Uh, she's busy. Uh, she cannot help out in our campaign. She says she will not speak for our campaign. Um, these are messages. Um, like I, I messaged her. Um, yeah, these, these facts, yeah, these are facts. facts. We got, you know, we, we got the transcripts and the receipts and the, and the, um, and to save messages, so you know, if anybody wanna kind of debate us on this, you know, these facts, all facts. So the state GOP with Terry Lathan in charge, she did not want to help us. She was not in any way helpful. We were not invited to any uh, GOP events. 
through her, I mean, any state GOP that she runs, none, none of those events didn't see the light of day of uh, our beautiful brown skin. And I would like to say also that we did see, I know for a fact, because I was, I was, you know, I always want to see what events are going on. So I seen other candidates at events where she also was in the pictures too. And these candidates were in districts around us, but we weren't invited. GOP, Alabama GOP. Yeah, see, and, and you know, the, the thing with that was it was like when, when we started the race, you know, I really, I can admit it, like I had no idea what was going to happen. Like every day was new. Like I'm not. I'm not a life lifelong politician like so many of these people are. You know, I didn't have anybody in my family that, that ran or knew anything. So it was kind of like, you know, anything I can do was pray about it, you know, and talk with my wife, and then we would go with our best judgment. So, um, you know, I just keep it doing the same thing I always do. I just kept it real. You know, whether I'm speaking at events or, you know, talking to somebody that's a voter in the district, you know, I, I just kept it real. And I was not about to kiss somebody's behind because, you know, it might be a potential voter or uh, somebody that can potentially contribute financially to the campaign. It's like I... You know, I went with, I made it to that point with my faith in Jesus Christ and, and my belief that that he is guiding me in all my steps. So I'm not about amen. to, absolutely, amen. So I am not about to change 180 and start depending on some other person that's going to guide me to the finish line. I mean, that's not saying that I'm not thankful for everybody we've come in contact with, good and bad, because it's all a lesson. Yes, it has all been a lesson, a great and wonderful lesson. Um, we really appreciate everybody that came, that we came in contact with because it gives us a chance to get to know different kinds of people, uh, you know, to get to know who to who will help us and who will not help us, you know, because the common goal is um, just making making things better for everyone. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think I touched on it a little bit last time when we um we went to a lot of a lot of places where other Republicans wouldn't dare go, like with the with the LGBTQ people. And the um, um, NAACP, you know, we went to a lot of their rallies. And, you know, they were kind of, why are you here? Yeah. But, you know, it was the fact like, hey, I'm running and this is what I believe. I want y'all to know who I am. Whether you like me or not, I want you to see me live and direct so you can make your decision whether or not you know, you want to vote for me, mm -hmm. not just sit back and say, well, I had no idea 
who this guy was. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you know, it it may have made the um the other Republicans in the state feel some type of way. But you got to look at it from our standpoint. Like, yeah. we, first of all, we black, um, we Republicans, and we running in a district that no Republican has ever tried to win. So it's like, you know, I'm never going to turn my back on my people. You no. know, I love, I love everybody, but I've been black my whole life. So, yes. you know, I'm never going, you know, I'm never going to put my people down and, you know, try to stand on them and you know just degrade them just to just to get some type of acceptance from another group you know it's like you got to accept me for who i am and my beliefs yes it was um i think you know we had went to visit the lgbt group and it was really cool i you know, we met some people. Um, they just was nice, and some people were not nice, but most of them were nice and forthcoming. You know, I appreciate with that with them. They're forthcoming. They tell you what they mean, and um, you know, they express their feelings and emotions, and they let you. They just basically just let you know who they are. So we appreciate that. Um, I'm sure we gained some votes from them. I know it was a couple people wanting to debate the national news with us. It was one lady who wanted to debate the national news with us, but we're just trying to say we're local. We want to focus on you. Yeah, yeah. She just kept trying to bait us into trying to defend Trump. Like like, like I said before, I respect Donald Trump because, you know, he came up, became president, and, you know, it takes some serious hustle to be able to maneuver like that. And he our president, so, you know, you must respect the leadership. But I'm not about to sit here and defend every word a man say. Like, yeah. I can't even control what my children say. So what I look like trying to control what some guy say this, you know, billionaire. Like, I, I can't help what he say. But what I could tell you, like I told them, but what I can tell you is what I'm going to do, what I stand for, yes. my morals, and my beliefs. But, you know, I, like my wife said, a lot of people, you know, were wanting to hear that. But other people, they just wanted to, you know, they just wanted to downplay us and, and you know, yeah. put us down because of what our current president is talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... Um... I kind of wanted them to get to know more about us. Like, um, we have different people in our family that's actually uh, LGBT. So, we didn't even get a chance to say that because we were trying to, you know, calm the lady down. Like, it's okay. You don't, you don't even have to be talking about national news right now. We just want to talk about us, who we are. And we would have got to that point. It's like... They, um, just her. Because we, at the end, I did get to tell the lady who owns a photography company who said that she would give us headshots, but she didn't. She said she would give us, um, some headshots for Charles. Um, you know, I told her we got different kind of people in our family and we love them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a learning experience. As I said, I just try to take everything 
as an experience, you know, a move forward. But, you know, we, we, we met some good people there. You know, we probably stay in contact with a couple of them. But, um, but yeah, it was a, um, it was different. You know, like I said, they really looked at me different because of the fact we were willing to just go there and just lay it all out on the table and just let you make the decision. You know, a lot of, a lot of politicians in this state, you know, they just run off the platform like, hey, I'm a Democrat or, hey, I'm a Republican. But you never hear anything which they talking about. You never hear how they feel. No. You never hear of anything that they're going to do that's different. Yes. You know, and and that was not something, you know, that I felt comfortable doing. You know, I'm not just going to go up there and be, you know, just a just a punchline like it's going to be, hey, this is me. Like at the last um Mobile County meeting, you know, I guess I did kind of get get a little aggressive with my talking. But, you know, it was, like I said, it was it was facts, man. I, you know, had to let people know that it's a lot going on in this world and we tend to, you know, mm-hmm. close our eyes to because it's not directly in our neighborhoods. We need to, we need to realize like when everything around you is, is crumbling and falling apart, yeah. that's going to bring down your property value. That's going to mm-hmm. make make it harder on you and where you live. Yeah, in that message um that Charles shared, it was it was more so about you live in a nice house, but once you hit that once you turn the corner, you see abandoned properties, burned down properties, no sidewalks, potholes, you know, even though your street is nice, right around the corner, somebody else is in complete despair. You need to acknowledge that because if we all came together and just helped out, whether it was, you know, time or money or just supporting your local leader leadership, it can make a great difference. You know, just, just going to the community meetings, that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, supporting the local leadership, getting somebody in there who actually cares about the situations and it's not just a just a power grab. Because, you know, a lot of people they were saying, oh, well you Republican, I ain't voting for you. I don't care that you black. So I had to break it down to him, like, okay, in the state of Alabama you got you know, you got all these major corporations, the power company um, forestry company and farmers, mm-hmm. and you got all these used car lots. They even got a pack where they come together and put their money into a candidate. They just opened up another used car lot on Schillinger. I did not know that. Yes, did. It was a grand <laughs> opening. Uh, Mayor Stimson was there. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There's so many another here. One. But what, what they do is all them companies they come together and then they put money in candidates mm-hmm. the same money is going to democrats is going to republicans it's going to black representatives is going to white representatives it does not matter you know it's was trying to explain it on people it's the media that's trying to create that divide in reality is no division Mm-mm. they all eating from the same plate mm-hmm. 
They all sitting together. We went to the state house. We've been there. They all yes. together. They all friends. Yes. It's the media that wants you to think that, hey, they don't like them, so we shouldn't like them. No, it's not. It's always somebody from the outside that's trying to change the opinion of what's really going on. Yeah, because even in the state house, their offices are right next to each other. They're working, interming intermingling. They are together. They, you know... They, they're talking like friends. They eat with each other. It's the media that is um, that takes it out of proportion. Oh, they hate each other. They just made that up to mess with your mind. Yeah, yeah. Controversy sells. You know, so, you know, that was like one of the biggest, biggest hurdles to get over. It's like, hey, cut off TV and just listen to what I'm saying for a second. Like, just just hear me out and you can understand, you know, you can make an informed decision based upon the things I'm talking about because I was looking at um, legalizing marijuana in the state for uh, medical use as well as recreational use. I mean, so many people get locked up all the time for having having weed on them, you know, it's not a substantial amount, but mm -hmm. the the penalty down here is, is so outrageous. And, you know, and then it's prisons overcrowding. It's people escaping prison here all the time. Yeah. At least once a month you hear it on TV. Somebody yes. broke out of jail. Gone. So wouldn't, I would think that it would make sense to get those people out, you know, maybe give them some help or some, some rehab or, you know, people with less, you know, less um, serious crimes and, and focus on the serious stuff. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of serious offenders in the jails. You know, they need to be there. They need to be mm -hmm. rehabilitated. Yeah. Yes. And I said these things to the local newspapers, the AL.com, the, um, who else was it? The Lane Yap. It yes. was it was a couple of these people I said it to. They just ignored that fact. They, but wait, and and then after the election, these same news stories and I mean news story companies, newspapers actually published stories about what Charles had previously spoke to them about. So um yeah, once once again, yeah. they they didn't want to, they didn't want to acknowledge where it came from. No, no acknowledging where it came from, where the thought came from, but mind you, Charles did speak with uh, numerous um, media companies, and then they will publish the story, you know, after he said it, and it, I mean, this happened throughout the year, you know, if he did talk to somebody, then they would. Oh, that's a great idea. You will see a story about it. And they would give no credit or anything. And that was, I admit, that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was, you know, I was kind of sorry about that. Like, you know, like, wow, you just heard this from me. Then all of a sudden you try to put together a news story real quick and, you know, say, well, I got it from this source, but you know where you heard it from. Yes. You know, what's understood don't always need to be explained. So, you know, like I said, about this entire process, I'm 
I'm not upset. I'm not bitter. You know, we we learned a lot. We mm-hmm. we gained a lot of a, a lot of loyal followers. You know, many of you out there listening now and you didn't know who we were until this campaign. So, you know, just just continue to ride with us. You know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to to affect change in the world and we're going to continue yeah. um to speak on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you know that's that's never gonna change. And you know we have some good news. Um, starting this Sunday, we're going to we're gonna be having church at the um, Ben May Library in the heart of downtown Mobile at 701 Government Street, starting at um 1:30 p.m. So you know we're looking to do some. Do some innovative, innovative things within the church. You know, not the same church setting when you go in there, and a lot of time the preacher make you feel bad and put you down. No. You know, it's like, like okay, I'm gonna tell you what you know what I'm saying, how to live right, as far as you know your sins. Of course, they need to be, you need to repent for them. But at the same time, we must build mm-hmm. people up. Yes, because. One of the biggest things out here in this world right now is is lack of self-confidence. And if you don't have that self-confidence, you're going to be a follower and you're not going to lead. And the way the world is going, if you follow in the world, you are doomed. Like, it's, it's no way around it. So, so we must bring up leaders. We must bring up strong followers of Christ. We got to bring up, you know, our children. We got to instilling in them at a young age so we're looking at um you know talking with the whole family the children we all sit together mm-hmm. we can all laugh together we're gonna you know it's gonna be plenty of refreshments but you know this is um this is the end of the year so you know we definitely need to um have everybody come out and we need to come and you know we need to sit down we need to um look back over the year the things we did and you know, how we could have been better and prepare for a better and brighter 2019 because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of opportunity out there. You know, it's, it's no time to sit back and, and say would have, what I could have did, what I should have did. You know, it's about time to say I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I did accomplish mm-hmm. that. You know, I, I, I went forward. You know, I walked out on faith. You know, I wasn't just going by what I saw or what I thought I knew or going by somebody's opinion. It's time for us to to get out here as Christians, as true believers in Christ, and get out here and make a difference and not just sit in the church and, and chit-chat. No, actually get out here and, and, and beat these sidewalks up and, you know, walk out here and make our neighborhood safer, make them a better place to live. You know, if you see something, you need to say something because – you know, it's not just about you and your children and long as you got yours. You know, it's a whole world out here that we need to get out here and affect change. Yes. That's what we're looking to do. So, you know, we hope that you join us um, for church service or even just send us an email, contact us. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you got any... Thank you for reminding me. If you got any prayer requests, um, 
you know, you can email us at um, talbert99district at gmail.com, you know, with all your prayer requests. Um, I am an ordained bishop, so I am able to marry couples. You know, I'm excited about that as well. So, you know, same, use the same email, talbert99district. If you would like, you know, you would like me to um, perform your ceremony, you know, we're just um, we're just excited for this opportunity and, you know, and, the, and the, the, the newness of the entire situation that, um, that we are embarking upon. Mm-hmm. You know, there were um, a lot of things that, you know, try to prevent us from even getting to this, to this point, but... You know, like I said, we we fought through it. Yes. We some fighters, you know, we some warriors, we some gladiators, you know, this you know, there's nobody is stopping us, you know, until the, the Heavenly Father call us home. You know, I'm gonna keep grinding, you know, I'm gonna keep hustling, you're gonna keep hearing our name, you're gonna keep seeing us around, you know, we got a lot of other things planned, you know, I don't wanna ruin it right now or you know, but I will tell you where we expect and we hope to see you um, um, starting this Sunday um, and every Sunday after, you know, but got anything else there? Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening to Moment of Truth. And if you would like to... Um, send any type of donations to help out with our church service um, you can send it through paypal at lovelyqueenb at gmail.com or you can use cash app at q-n-i-b-e-e and also please feel free to send us an email to contact us with any questions or just even if you just want to talk or uh prayers we're really looking forward to that yes thank you you are listening you have been listening to moment of truth with the first family of mobile thank you and see you next time thank you god bless